Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Ozil. Marca Mesut Ozil. Alexis en el descuento ha marcado el Arsenal como viene siendo habitual esta temporada. Gol de Alexis 1-0 Arsenal. This is Arscast Extra. Hello there, welcome to another Arscast Extra. As always with James from Gunnerblog. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Um, and what a weekend. What a weekend. Uh, triumphant victory for the Arsenal and everybody else fell flat in their face to varying degrees. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, just what we were looking for. Yeah, it's pretty perfect, isn't it, in terms of the <laughs> other results? Um, yeah, my spirits are certainly a lot higher today than they were last week, I have to say. Mm. Uh, did got- you enjoy the... Um, there was a double-edged sword thing, wasn't there, with that, that Van Persie goal? Because, mm. A, it's Van Persie scoring, he's happy, and you don't want him to be happy, but his happiness made Mourinho unhappy and so you've got to you've got to go with the trade-off sometimes you have to accept a bit of happiness for someone you don't want for more unhappiness for a person who who deserves it yeah if you get absolutely. me absolutely I, I do get you and I think it was worth it to see see Jose's face at, uh, when that goal went in turn away disgusted deflated mm. you know I'm happy to pay the price of seeing Ron Van Persie have a, a brief moment of elation um <laughs> in order to witness Mourinho looking quite so grumpy. Yeah. And look, it, uh, all other things aside, it was a good weekend because, you know, if, if we if we put Chelsea in a different bracket at the moment because they are X amount of points ahead, mm-hmm. um, it's still good to see Liverpool drop a couple of points against Hull, a team that we obviously drop points against. Manchester City beaten by West Ham. What a role mm. West Ham are on. Yeah. Alex Song's West Ham. Mm. He, he put in a, a good performance. It was one of the days where he was really trying. Yes. <laughs> and, and normally he is very trying, but he was really trying. Indeed, yes. Yeah, a slight distinction there. <laughs> um, no, I mean, all, all the... Well, a lot of the clubs who you would consider as our closest rivals, so you'd say City, Liverpool, United, even Tottenham, you know, mm. uh, you'd have to throw them in there, all drop points. So... It's it was certainly a really positive weekend in that respect. Um, I suppose it just it, it depends how much of a contender you consider Southampton. You know, are they going to stick up there? Uh, are they in that race for that top four? Because they won again. They're looking fantastic at the moment. Yeah, I, I don't really think so. I think we it happens nearly every season, doesn't it? That one team has a a really bright start, and I can remember yeah. a few years back, Reading were were one of those teams. And you know, as the season goes on, things will. Things will probably even themselves out. But, I mean, there is that, you know, people look at Southampton and go, well, look, they sold off most of their good players, brought in a new manager, got some new players in, and look, everything's everything's wonderful for them. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, how much of Koeman is is Laudrup or Martinez? You know that way, that, that um, the first season that Laudrup had at Swansea, everyone was going, wow, 
this is the guy, he's amazing, he's brilliant. Yeah. And then, I don't know, where where is Michael Laudrup now? Does anyone know? I think, he, is he in Qatar or something like that? I, I'll just Google him here. You Google him. I'm pretty sure that he took a really strange job and he's taken Chico Flores with him. Right. Unbelievably. Yes, um, he is He is the, the current manager of Qatar Stars League right. Club Lequia. Or Le- yeah, I don't know how you pronounce that, but yeah, I mean that is you know from somebody who is being fated as the next big thing in Premier League management. Okay, we know why he's gone to Qatar, but you know it's a yeah. bit of a bit of a step down in terms of his football. Well, yeah, I think and Chico Flores has gone with him from Swansea. I'd say he's found his level, to be honest. <laughs> I, I don't know how he was getting away with being a Premier League central defender. Well, he wasn't getting away with it. He was getting punished week yeah. in week out. Um, yeah, but, you know, you do get these flavours of the month. Uh, I, I don't think Southampton will quite, you know, last the course. I think last season they had a pretty good start too and then fell away somewhat. Yeah. But I, either way, you know, it was it was a great weekend really and a clean sheet of all things. Amazing. I think that was one of the things that, that pleased me most. Obviously, the, uh, the result um, <laughs> was the main thing, but the fact that we did have a clean sheet, it was something Wojciech Szczesny said after the game. Um, I probably should have brought this up if we were going to be talking about it, but you know, he said, basically, I really don't care. He says, I don't care. I couldn't care less about the tempo of the game and how we played. And you expect a tough game here, but we kept a clean sheet uh, and we haven't kept one for a long time, so it was good to get. And I think that's, I think that's a, a reasonable outlook to take on things, particularly as the players themselves can't be unaware that we're struggling in terms of form. So when you are struggling, things tend to go against you. Um, so, you know, to get that clean sheet, that extra little bit of confidence that we might take from, from this one, I think is very important. Yeah, and I thought, you know, Per Mertzsacker spoke out after the game with Anderlecht saying, you know, his performances maybe hadn't been at a level that they needed to be. And I thought he was really good, actually, at, at Sunderland. Yeah, I agree. He, he kind of held the defence together. Um, and a lot of reorganisation was needed, especially when Kieran Gibbs went off. But I think his experience was was really vital and helped us keep things relatively tight back mm. then. Uh, credit where it's due as well to, to Monreal, who I thought had a good game at centre-half. There was a moment, maybe towards the end of the first half, where ball was played out uh, to the touchline towards Stephen Fletcher. Monreal came in over the top of him, won the header, flattened him, just like a, a Steve Bold or a, a Tony Adams would have. Not that I'm saying he's, a, he's as good a defender as those, but, you know, <laughs> that's the kind of thing that you, you want to see. And maybe a couple of games there has... Um, uh, you know, has done him some good. But if Gibbs is injured, then we're in a bit of a position, aren't we? That he's going to have to move to left back. Yeah. Well, I mean, you say that there is the possibility of restoring Matthew Flamini to his uh, his Champions League run position <laughs> uh, of what, whatever it was, two thousand six. Would that but not yeah. say a huge amount then about the manager's faith in Hector Bellerin if he if he kept um, you know uh, Monreal at centre half and, yeah. and played Flamini at left back rather than than playing Bellerin? But no, I think I think realistically you're right. I think it will be. <laughs> Sort of everyone shifting over Monreal to left back, Chambers to centre back, and and Bellerin in at right back, and I, and I'm not sure that's a you know a hugely weaker back four than the one we're fielding at the moment. To be honest, I think you know Chambers and Mertesacker are both more natural centre halves than Monreal, so mm. I, I think we could cope with that. But obviously, it is incredibly worrying how how thin we're getting. We haven't heard anything about that Kieran Gibbs injury. Um, I guess we just have to hope for the best, really. Yeah, interesting as well that when Chambers plays at centre-half, he plays the right side of centre-half uh, as opposed to the 
to the left-hand side. Mm. Um, mm. I do wonder why that is. Because Mertesacker obviously plays as the right-sided centre-half all the time when Koscielny is fit. And if Chambers is going to replace Koscielny, I don't know. Yeah, it does seem strange, doesn't it? I mean, I imagine it could only be because he's... I mean, maybe he's had most of his football on the right-hand side as a right-back. Fenger feels he might be slightly more comfortable receiving the ball, you know, uh, distributing the ball from that area. But... I don't know. I think Pear looks a little less comfortable on the left. Generally, centre-backs do have a, a preference. It seems like a, a minimal thing, but I think it makes quite a big difference, doesn't it? Yeah, and, I always uh, prefer the left myself. Do you? Yeah. There you go. Don't Sol, know why, Campbell but... was, Sol Campbell was always the left. Yeah. And whenever he was over on the right, didn't look quite as happy. It's a, it's a curious thing. And I, I think it's... Yeah, I agree. I would be... If it was up to me, I'd be keeping Pear where, where he's good and letting Chambers... You know, if it's unfamiliar to him on the right of centre-back it's unfamiliar to him on the left as well it doesn't seem to make quite as much difference yeah. but, um, <laughs> you know uh, yeah it's a bit of an odd one and it meant that when Gibbs went off I think every single member of the back four had to change their positions yeah everyone moved just one to the left mm. which is quite destabilising but uh, we got away with it yeah, and we're going to have to hope we can keep getting away with it, and uh, let's um, let's keep some fingers crossed that the Gibbs thing isn't um, isn't quite as bad as we all fear it is. I, I mean, obviously, we'll, obviously it will be. I mean, I don't know why. Oh, I know it is. I mean, it. you know, t- tomorrow we'll get the announcement of Kieran Gibbs' untimely demise, and yeah. uh, you know, rest in peace, Gibbsy, and all that. But um, you know, it was curious as well that the commentators were mentioning Gibbs having an injury before half time. They said that he was oh, really? struggling. I had, yeah. I had Russian commentary for this game, I must confess. I had Dean Sturridge and some other guy, the commentator guy and Dean Sturridge. How was that? He doesn't sound the most excited person right. ever. Like he's, you know, everything is quite monotone and flat. And, you know, he doesn't say um, ridiculous things like so many of the others. But right. he's not necessarily the most effusive. He's got a touch of the... The Phil Neville's to him, but with a Midlands accent rather than the the Manchester one. So, ah, I see, I see. Yeah, well, so, you know, uh, I mean, um, I, the Russian commentator was very excited. I have to say, for most of the game. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, I don't know what about. Probably not the game itself. There could have been a wasp in the studio. Yeah, it did sound like that at times. Um, it wasn't the best performance. Let's let's be honest about this but should we after a week in which the performances have been analyzed to death you know after Hull after Anderlecht where we got away with it big time um another performance like that look what what more can you say about it so do you have to just kind of compartmentalize that and then say okay we all know we're not playing particularly well let's look at this and try and take as many positives from it as we can yeah I think so I think you have to hope that performances will follow results you know if we can get some confidence from winning a few games that might help us moving forward because it's absolutely true that we're not playing well um i don't think anyone disputes that i don't even know if we win that game without two massive ricks from sunderland Mm. many thanks to wes brown and vito minoni who provided some superb assists (laughs) for alexis sanchez um but yeah i mean the, the performances aren't great what I thought was really telling was <clears throat> Santi Cazorla's miss or misses attracted quite a lot of attention. And I think that's because if you look at our last few games, we're not actually used to missing chances. We actually haven't missed any because we don't really create too many. Yeah. So, so when you see one go astray, it's actually quite an unfamiliar thing at the moment. Um, 
and we weren't we weren't great going forward. But let's let's take the clean sheet, as Chesney says. Let's build on that. And you know we've got Burnley next. You'd have to think that might be a game in which if we're, our attacking game is going to click and we might rack up a few goals, that that could be the one. Mm, okay, so look, we, we can we can give some credit to Sunderland and to Manone and and Wes Brown for their part in our goals, but also you all, you have to have a player who can take advantage of those mistakes, yeah. right? So you have to have a player who's on his toes. Uh, and in both cases, that was that was the situation with Alexis. With the first goal, he was on top of Wes Brown. And if there was a mistake, he was ready to capitalize. The same in the 93rd minute, Manone took a, a bad touch, but Alexis was already sprinting at him to close him down. And it's hard to look at this team and see anybody else who has got that desire, who would have that natural desire to, or just to anticipate that something might happen. Yeah. Too often we stand off, we're a bit passive, or and then you, you, you look at a situation where you go, oh God, if he'd just been on his toes, if he'd been a little bit more aware, if he'd anticipated the, the header this way or that way. Um, but Alexis is that guy. So for all the mistakes that Sunderland made, you have to give huge credit to Alexis for being there and for finishing them off. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... I don't think we've seen a player with that kind of insatiable hunger since Andre Santos, probably. I mean, he, he, yeah, he is an, an awesome player to watch, Alexis, because as a fan, he gives you everything you want in terms of commitment and work ethic. And, you know, it's something you, you're used to saying about a player who comes through the youth system, you know, someone who's struggling to make the grade. But this is an established star working like that. And that's a pretty rare thing to have someone with that much technical ability who works quite so hard. There there are only a handful of players in world football, I think, who offer you that combination. Um, one of which is Luis Suarez. Yeah. He's obviously crazy as well. But, uh, and, and I do think that's what, that's what led Arsene to Alexis is that, that similarity. We know he wanted Suarez and, and Alexis offers you a lot of the same qualities without being quite so unhinged. And I think, Without him, we don't win the game at Sunderland. I think you're right in that, you know, he was fortunate, but you make your own luck, don't you? And you do that by working hard. And it was interesting. Danny Welbeck was interviewed after the game and he said that Arsene Wenger had specifically told Arsenal to close down their defenders when they were on the ball, presumably because they were lacking in confidence after being hammered last week. I don't think Wes Brown and John O'Shea are technically great anyway. And, you know, we were the beneficiaries there. So, a little bit of credit due to the manager too but what Alexis does off the ball is is just superb and he's really he's got the quality to finish when those chances do present themselves mm. Ted Oops. what are you doing hang on I was trying to get these skittles but I got sorry there we go it was uh, an order play I'm just going to have a cough Uh, there's an interesting comment from Arsene Wenger after the game um, where he, he talks about Alexis. He says he's not frightened to go forward. Sometimes you think his passing is not quick enough, but he's very efficient and he really plays to win. He's a winner. Y- you think back perhaps to the decision to leave him on the bench for the North London Derby as one of the big mistakes of this season so far. And you, you guess that it's because perhaps he wanted to be more efficient with the ball. But I think, he, you know, he's got, now got to find the balance of, okay, maybe Alexis is going to take risks and he is going to try and do things that don't come off. But when you've got a team that really needs a spark, you just can't do without him. No, I mean, we need him at the moment. He, I think he was a massive influence, actually, 
in Anderlecht, you know, the way he created that goal for Lucas Podolski with that, that little touch and getting to the byline, pulling mm. it back. And obviously what he produced at Sunderland too, the week before at Hull, creating the equaliser for Danny Welbeck out of absolutely nothing. You know, we're reliant on him at present because our collective game isn't as good as it should be. So I think you've got to make that trade-off and say, well, in order to get points on the board at the moment, we need this guy in the team. I agree it was strange when he didn't play against Spurs. It reminded me a little bit of Andrea Chavin not playing, was it the FA Cup semi-final? Or yeah, against yeah, yeah, Chelsea? against Chelsea. Yeah, it was an odd situation where a guy in form, a kind of new star in the team, was left out of the side. And I think it's good that he's back in there. I think in a funny sort of way, the absence of, of Meza Ozil might create more space for him to be involved more regularly. But he, he was and, played at number 10. I mean, he was playing yeah. behind uh, behind Danny Welbeck, which is interesting as well. Yeah, I mean, we talk, someone asked us about that, I think, last week. Um, I, I thought it was a really interesting experiment and I thought it, it got him on the ball regularly and it seemed to work pretty well. Um, might be a, something to you know consider moving forward with because I think it... It helps Welbeck a little bit as well, giving him someone who's prepared to get close to him and, and support him inside the penalty area. Mm. So yeah, I, I think he's he's got he's you know the most important player in the team at present, Alexis. And you know there'll be a lot of debate about his best position, but wherever he plays, he seems to to produce, and that's just fantastic quality to have. His versatility is so important. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, it's only October and I would say I'm running out of superlatives already for the guy. Yeah, I mean, I think the players are too because in the wake of the victory, you have uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain saying he's like he's like uh, Luis Suarez. Uh, there's a big piece uh, which has just popped up on Arsenal.com from Danny Welbeck saying that uh, Alexis is a pleasure to play with. You just wish perhaps a, a couple of them would just get a bit more on his wavelength. Uh, when he is there gesturing people to come out and help him press, that he does need the help. It can't be mm. left to him alone to be the driving force in the team, that if we can get men around him and if we can get people on the same wavelength with the same kind of attitude. See, the thing about him is it just it's second nature. It comes naturally to him to work that hard, whereas perhaps it's not the same for some of the others, which isn't to dismiss them or their qualities, but maybe it's just something something that uh, a quality that he has that not many players have which is why it's in stark contrast when uh, when when you see him play it's a mental and a physical thing with alexis so he's got that remarkable physical capacity that, that amazing stamina that enables him to keep going for that long but he's twinned that with as you say a desire that is just incredible he's got such determination and such will to win and i think that's something that's difficult to coach I'm not sure that's something you can necessarily teach or impart. That seems to be something that is forged in players very early on, you know, those mm. those real winning characters. Um, but yeah, it'd be great if some of the others could, could learn from that and pick that up because mm. that's what we need. All right. In short, we love Alexis. Yeah, in short, we certainly do. All right. And in his shorts, perhaps. But shorts, shorts. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll leave that one there. All right, look, we're going to take a break. We're back with your questions in part two right after this. Hello, welcome back to the Ask Us Extra. We're going to have a look at some of your questions now. Uh, and the first one comes from Steve Moore. Uh, his Twitter handle is Steve Moore 4116 So I guess he's the 4,116th Steve Moore. In the world or the UK? Good question. We don't, we're Good never going to know this. 
No, we'll never know that. They're all over the place, Arsenal fans. And his bio is disappointingly bare. Anyway, is that he is that his actual bio that he is nude and people look at look at that disappointingly? Like, oh, there's Steve Moore bare again. I, I'm so disappointed with it. Doesn't with what it doesn't he has say to offer. All oh, right, it's just is. it doesn't say that, but I think it's implied. Right. Okay. Yeah. So he asks, I like this question. In a deal with the devil. I don't know why you're dealing with the devil, but you are, right? Right, okay. Would you accept us winning the European Cup in exchange for Chelsea going unbeaten? Oh. That devil, eh? That devil. He's, he's crafty. Yeah, he's cunning, like Lucifer. Yeah. I, you know, I think primarily anybody's first thought should be for their own team's success, right? Mm-hmm. So you would be denying yourself winning the Champions League just to protect something over which you have no real control. I would take the Champions League and Chelsea could go unbeaten because we already did it. We're first. Nobody can take that away from us. And we would have a European Cup. So for me, that's quite an easy one, I have to say. Really? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I don't want Chelsea to go unbeaten. I want them to lose many games. I would like the entire squad to contract some kind of communicable disease, well, which, I mean, which renders the time them, is right. Yes, indeed. Perhaps not kills them, not all of them, right. some of them, but the rest it leaves withered shells of their former selves. Uh, apart from uh, Branislav Ivanovic, who we could who we could sign because I like him. I don't know what it is. I know I should hate him. But I, every time I watch him play, I think, God damn, I wish he played for us. He's Maybe one of the only players. He's a figure. It could well be. It could well be. He's as strong as... I, I don't know what it is about him, uh, but I've, you know, I've, I've a thing for him in a He's way. He's very good. He He's is very, very good. good. So, you know, don't get me wrong. I would like all misfortune possible to befall Chelsea. But ahead of that, I would like success to come our way. So I would take a European Cup and, you know, I can just then ignore, um, you know, Chelsea doing that unbeaten thing. Because it, it wouldn't be special, would it? They'd be second. It would be, it's not like he could say, I am the special one. I have done something so special. We already did it, you fuck. So fuck off. So I could Maybe, justify it then, that way. Mm, I guess. For me, there's, uh, there, it's very hard for me to answer that because I, there's something unique about the achievement of the Invincibles that kind of elevates it above your ordinary trophy, uh, in my mind, at any, at any rate. And so for someone else to emulate that would slightly take the sheen off it. It would make it to a slightly less nah. untouchable. Nah, not for me. Not for me. We already did it. We did it years before anyone could do it. And we didn't do it with a, an oligarch, a rich man, uh, bankrolling the team. We didn't do it, you know, in, in a... We did it in a more organic way, you might say. So Yeah, we did. You know, so for me, it wouldn't take, it wouldn't take the, the sheen off it. I don't do you think. think... Do you think... Is it something you think about or worry about? Do you think it's possible that they could go through the season unbeaten? Um, I mean, they looked... I don't know. I mean, I think they looked r- relatively good yesterday, but, you know, I, they don't look to me like a team that can go another 30 games at 30 games or 29 games without losing somewhere along the way. You know, they've had a fantastic start to the season. 
no denying that. And they're a very, very good team, very powerful, you know, uh, and I think they're probably going to win the Premier League. But, you know, it's a long season. Lots can happen. Injuries can happen. You know, if they pick up an injury to Terry or Cahill or both, you know, they're they're rocking at centre-half too. Um, and I, I don't know that they'd be able to necessarily cope with that. So, look, yeah, I'd prefer if they didn't. Uh, and it's slightly worrying that they might. But if you were to ask me now, Chelsea go unbeaten and Arsenal win the European Cup, give me that European Cup. You're saying deal, Noel Edmonds. I'm deal. saying deal. Give me the fucking trophy. Give me the trophy. Okay. All right, we'll get you the trophy. Yeah, you do that. Um. All right, okay. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's one, uh, and this comes from AFC Henry, uh, at AFC Henry P. And he wants to know, after El Clasico, uh, which was quite a quite a good game uh, on Saturday. Exciting. Yeah. Um, football paid, uh, played with pace and power and skill. It was quite the, quite the antidote to what we saw at the Stadium of Light. Um, <laughs> after El Clasico, which player from each side would you want at Arsenal, excluding Messi and Ronaldo? Oh, I so see. I don't know it's if made... you have to choose one from... I guess you have to choose one from each team. Okay. Wow, that's interesting. Mm. Um, I think... Who played centre half for Real Madrid? Was it Ramos and I, Pepe? I wouldn't want Pepe anywhere near the club. I no, because he's he's essentially evil. Yeah, evil. he really is evil. Yeah, um, in fact, him scoring took a bit of the the shine off that match. For yeah, me. Uh, I don't like seeing him too happy. No, it offends me. <laughs> um, I'm looking through the team now. I'm, I'm trying to think in terms of what we need as well. You know, I'm yeah. trying to be. Trying to be strategic about this. Um, right, well, I would take from Barcelona... Oh, gosh. Do you know what? It's a difficult one, because in terms of what we need, Sergi Busquets would do a hell of a job for us. Yeah. But he is quite evil as well. He does have that that rolly around, snide, foully, divey thing going on, but he is good. He is very good. I think I'd have to... Yeah, be between him and Mascherano. I think I'd go for Sergi Busquets to sort of beef up the midfield. Not even beef, it's just more sort of like snideiness, isn't it? Mm. 
he's, he's, he's cynical, but in a sort of very effective way. I mean, he can play as well. Yeah. And then, and then I think, yeah, I think I'd go for Sergio Ramos as well. Although he is very erratic at times at the back, he, he is a good player. And also he actually can score from set pieces, which is something that, we just haven't had for quite a long time. Yeah. So he'd be my Real Madrid player. What What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I would probably go... I know he didn't play, but can we have Varane? I know he didn't play, but he's, you know, he's from Real Madrid. He, he plays yeah, for Yeah, I mean, Real if Madrid. he'd played, I would have been opting for, for him, probably. He looks like a... Because Ramos, Ramos likes a red card. Imagine Ramos and Koscielny starting games. We'd end up with nine men. Me, yeah. Yeah. Most of the time. So I'll take... I'm going to bend the rules slightly and take Varane from Real Madrid. And from Barcelona, yeah, I can see... I can see what you mean about Busquets because he is a player that we need. So, yeah, I'll go with him as well. Really? Over yeah, Suarez because, and Neymar? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of pure need... I mean, Suarez I wouldn't have anyway. Um, Neymar, would he thrive in London? Or would he prefer the the warmer climes of of, mm. uh, of Spain and the, the cocktails and the, the girls in the hotels? I think he I think he would. I think he'd he'd struggle in, in London. Okay. <laughs> Trying to justify that to to myself. But you know, look look, if you look across the front line and you've got you know, we've we've got um Alexis, we've got Walcott coming back. We've got Oxlade Chamberlain in there. We've got uh, Welbeck, uh, and and let's not forget Yaya Sonogo. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, I think you know in terms of what the team needs, a player like Busquets would be more uh, beneficial to us than a player like Neymar, who is a phenomenal mm. talent, obviously. But there you go. Okay, well, so right. we have those in January. Yeah, please, please. Very good. Let's have another question. This is from Bill Harding. Uh, and he asks, do you think Winston Reid would be a good signing in January? Ah, there's a question. We were discussing this, weren't we, on on, uh, on Saturday? As, yeah, we were we were. Watching, as we were watching West Ham, you told me, I, I wasn't aware of this, you told me that he has a contract which expires at the end of this season. That so, is true. Yeah, uh, and he's currently in a very sort of Arsenal-esque situation where the, the manager and the, the board are sort of publicly saying, we're very confident he will sign, and he is very much not signing. Yes, contract. I think that tells its own story, um, mm. that he must fancy uh, a move to, to a bigger club, with all due respect to West Ham. Um, he's 26 now. He is 26 Right. Okay. So yeah. he's sort of at the age where if he's going to make a step up, this is pretty much not the last chance, but he's, you know, when his contract is over uh, next summer. I mean, yeah, um, he's done very well. He's done very well. When he arrived first at West Ham, and obviously I don't watch West Ham every week, I thought from what I did see of him that he was a little bit error prone. He was playing right back at first as well, wasn't he? Am I yeah, wrong? Yeah, he played about right back quite a lot for them, yeah. Um, and then, you know, um, he seems to have grown into a very, very good player. Um, so from from that point of view, he fits the bill. He's available, probably given West Ham's financial situation, we could make them an offer they couldn't refuse in January. Yeah. 
Especially um, with his deal expiring. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, yeah. Yeah, why not? Why not? I mean, it's very difficult to look around and find the the ideal central defensive candidates, but he ticks a lot of the boxes. And, and you kind of feel that he's at a profile where, you know, it's often said it's difficult to find someone who's of requisite quality who also you could conceivably have on, on your subs bench. But I think he, he fits that bracket and he could play probably with either of our centre-halves. He, he plays on the left of the centre-backs usually for West Ham. Is he quick? I don't know. I mean... I don't know. I don't know how quick he is. I don't think he's as quick as Koscielny, certainly. Um, Why doesn't Wikipedia have their their uh, stats listed in terms of, um, like, football manager? So we yeah. can click in there and go, Winston Reid, ooh, he's got 16 for pace. <laughs> exactly. I, damn it all. Come on, Wikipedia, get on it. Um, I mean, I think it makes plenty of sense. He's got Premier League experience. For me, that's a really big thing. You know, he, he could slot into the team when required pretty easily. Mm, I'm um, looking here at a, a website which gives his FIFA 15 stats. Oh, well, that was bound to be absolutely true and accurate. Okay, so uh, acceleration, 68. Not great. That isn't good. Sprint speed, 79, which is all right for a centre half. Yeah, once he gets up there. Mm, yeah. Uh, He's got uh, 82 well, for heading accuracy. So I'll take it. I mean, if if Wenger's playing a lot of FIFA, but only forty three for balance, which means he falls over fifty percent of the time. More than fifty percent. Mm. He's like Jack Wilshere. Yeah, that's a worry. That's a Jack worry. Wilshire must have balance about twenty. I imagine. <laughs> Maybe he's got got it. Right. Does he only have one ear? Perhaps. Maybe that affects his balance. And he's got it a prosthetic be. attached, uh, and nobody be. knows but him and his agent. Hmm. It's a cover up. Mm. The other thing about him as well is he could he could have to go off to the New Zealand Cup of Nations every January. Is that a thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. They play uh, in the, you know Middle Earth. Right. Okay. Mordor. Mm. I mean, it's quite quite taxing physically. Yeah, of course, of course. Up against all those orcs. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, 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 listen. I, I think it's one that makes sense. Um, but as you said to me at the weekend, it, it makes so much sense that we just probably won't do it. Mm. There we that go. It's the Arsenal way. Yeah. <laughs> so it is. All right, here's one. Um, a couple of people have questions about Santi. Uh, Greg Cross, who's Greg Cross82, uh, asks Is Santi Cazorla done? Woeful set pieces, bar Wembley, erratic shooting, lightweight attacking. And uh, Clive, uh, who's at Clive PAFC, asks, does Santi epitomise the good and bad of this Arsenal? Technically wonderful and loved, but too small and too slow and inefficient. So mm. there, there you go. Some questions about Santi. And, you know, he, he, oh, he didn't have his shooting boots on at Sunderland, did he? No. He does like to sky the ball, doesn't he? I mean, is it, is it because he's so small that he can never get over the ball? Like it's almost, <laughs> it's just physically impossible. For a guy um, with the technique and the, the technical ability he has, for for the, the way he fluffed those chances and fluffed a chance, um, I think it was uh, one against Anderlecht as well, that he, you know, or Hull, I can't remember, but, you know, again, the same thing. He's kind of whacked the ball high into the stand. Yeah, the Johnny Wilkinson. Mm. I think, well, if we're talking about stats and, and numbers and attributes, I think, you know, with Cazorla, his, his composure would be low. I think that's the problem. Technically, he's got all the ability in the world. You know, he can strike the ball superbly. But when he's presented with these chances, 
I don't know, he, he, he seems to get almost overexcited. I mean, he never quite strikes through the ball with the conviction you'd expect. Um, I don't think he's done, though. I think that's very premature um, to, to, to say. Mm. I think he's got a lot to give. But it, I was thinking this weekend, actually, about quite how brilliant he was in his first season with us when he walked to the Player of the Year award. I mean, he was you know, carrying Arsenal at times in the way that Alexis is now. Yeah. Um, but he hasn't ever quite hit those heights again, really, has he? For, for me, anyway, in terms of his level of performance, it's not quite matched up to that brilliant first year. No, no. It's a bit of a shame, really, it's, because, you know, he's, he's such a good player and such a likeable guy. And, you know, I, I people have sort of criticised him for for not being involved and I don't think that's the case I think he's a, one of the guys who's nearly always trying to get involved and trying to make things happen um, but maybe just with O's allowed and, and a bit of a, a bit of pressure or a bit of onus on him but look sometimes it's, it's very difficult to to judge a player's individual performance on the basis of uh, or when a team is struggling like we're struggling that it seems almost a bit unfair like uh, all the criticism that that was uh, headed Ozil's way, because he played uh, badly during the opening part of the season, but then so did the entire team. So mm. I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, as well in mitigation. I mean, he missed those chances late on against uh, Sunderland, but I was very surprised that he stayed on the pitch as long as he did. I mm. thought he looked very tired after about seventy minutes, um, and obviously that has a massive influence as well. So. You know, I think it's about using him intelligently. I hope his form can pick up because in full in full flow, he's one of the best players in the squad to watch. I think. Mm. Is where is that lorry? Is that outside your it's, house or mine? It's in this room with me now. Apologies. <laughs> That's okay. These things happen. Look, this is the uh, the dangers of of live broadcasting. Even though we're not broadcasting live, and we could stop this and and simply wait for it to go. Shall we? We could do. Yeah, I think we should. Shall I have a look out the window? Yeah. Oh. No, it's still very much there. I'm going to have a look out the window. Bear okay. With me. Waiting. Nah, I think we'll just carry on. Bit of atmosphere. Bit of atmosphere. If you could, Hang yeah. On. You just stop knocking things over. Then. That's that's me uh, <laughs> just knocking wing labour. Basically, rather than a proper desk, what I've got is like a kind of tray with all my equipment on it. A it's tray, very exciting. Like a, yeah, a, yeah, like a tray you might give somebody breakfast in bed on, or just a like yeah, a dinner yeah, yeah. tray. It's like um. It's like a tray you would give someone breakfast in bed on, basically. Yeah, it's just like the closest thing I have to a proper desk, but it enables me to be plugged into the modem. You see, right? I've, you know, I've, I'm not sure if you've heard of this place. It's a Swedish invention, <laughs> and they sell really, really cheap furniture. That yeah, that yeah, would yeah. be handy. Uh, I, 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 idea, I, something like that. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. No idea. Um, no, it's in the. We, there was a desk. It was thrown out recently. It's yet to be replaced. But, right. you know, this tray thing seems to be working brilliantly. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got it nailed down. 
Yeah, I wish I did. That would stop it falling over. <laughs> well, you're gonna, you, you'd have to nail it to your own legs and just sit I there. mean, I, it'd probably be better. Oh, All right. It's really moving, the van now. Yeah. I hope there's, like, other people down the road doing a podcast who are going to be bothered by that van. I think that, it's that moving thing. away, though. Yes. It's getting quieter, isn't it? I can hear it retreating into the distance. We've scared it off. Thank goodness. That's All right. Um, uh, the basic point on Cazorla, then, is... Um, Are we still recording? Yeah, we're still recording. I'm not even okay. going to be arsed editing all this out. Fuck it. Cazorla. Yes. Did we come to a conclusion? He's not playing very no. well. That was it. And he should play better. Is that right? That's essentially it. Something like that, yeah. All right, cool. Well, glad we got that one so well answered so well. Right, your, yeah. your turn. Okay, let's have this. This is from Andy Jackson. Um, he spelt that with two S's, Jackson. Right. So his, his name might be Andy Jackson, or he might be Jack's son. Right. Or he could also be related to Action Jackson. That would be awesome. Yeah. yeah, could be that. He asks, which commentator mispronunciation, or pronunciation, ironically, I don't know which it should be, annoys you most? Mm-hmm. These are the options. Right. Sir Chesney. Right. Cazola. Ozil. Right. Or Koscielny. Right. See, the Sir Chesney one, maybe, if uh, I'm sure one of our Polish listeners will tell us, could be accurate. I don't know if that's inaccurate, you know? Yeah, they were debating this on Guardian's Football Weekly recently, actually. Right. Um, I think it's easier for us to go Chesney or Chesney or whatever, but it could well be, if you're pronouncing it correctly, that we're all pronouncing it incorrectly. Uh, what was the other one? Ozil. That's the only person who says that is Jamie Carragher. Carragher. Yeah. yeah. Ozil. Ozil. I don't know how he gets that. Koscielny, mm. um, the only person who says that is Alan Parry on Sky. Koscielny. Yeah, he's about the only one I ever hear saying that. And pretty much everything he says irritates me. So, so that's it. But the one that does my head in more than any other is Carzola. 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 Because that's not even how it's written. No. I mean, it's not even difficult to say. If you just look at the letters, it's Cazorla. And the only issue then is if you want to do it the Spanish way and give it the old Cazorla. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's a matter of personal preference, I guess. But Carzola, no. It is not an automobile. It is not a former Italian great Neither no. of those things it's combined. It's not his, his vehicle. No. Oh, my. Imagine uh, a car shaped like Gianfranco Zola. A very small car. Would be very small and would look quite good on the side of a church. Do you think that maybe some sort of link, because Cazola or Cazola is small and good at football, there's some sort of leap happening where it makes people think of Zola and then... You know, they kind of pair them up in their mind and the, the pronunciations merge. Um, maybe, but it could also just be that people are a bit, you know, silly and yeah. can't read. I mean, we live in a world where people say Pellenty, so... We do, where people actually have a job, despite the fact they say Pellenty. A Pellenty to Arzel. <laughs> That's your Chris Waddle. Have you got any others that, that bother you? Um, I, well, I get criticised a lot for Olivier Giroud with a D or not, 
people are often bringing pulling me up on that. I think I put a D in when it's unnecessary. Yeah, Jude. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think that stems from a an early need to differentiate him from Johan Giroud. Yes, um, I understand I think that. Arsene Wenger once said in a press conference that Giroud was injured and then there were all these headlines about Olivier Giroud being out <laughs> incorrectly because people misinterpreted it. Yeah. Um, so I can't, you know, the problem is I, I, I'm not the best, so I can't I can't criticise too harshly. I'm just trying to think if there are any others. Well, there, there's, the whole, there's the whole Nabry-Gunabry thing, isn't there? Yeah, see, apparently Gunabry is correct, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I remember but, when I used to read the, uh, the Beano many years mm. ago, I know that Dennis the Menace's dog was called Nasher, but I used to like to call him Gunasher, just because yeah. I just found that nicer in my head. Gunasher. Wow. Yeah. Well, things have worked out perfectly for you then. They have in the whole Gnabry thing. So if his career as a footballer doesn't work out, he could become Dennis the Menace's sidekick. Faithful accomplice. Yeah. Gunasher Gnabry. So there you go. Is it my turn or is it... Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. I think we'll have a we'll have one more, uh, and then we'll right. probably call this very noisy Arscast extra. Um, yeah, call it. You know, something. pronounce we'll it. it something. Pronounce it dead. Yeah. Um, this one comes from Mitesh Katri, and he okay. wants to know: Would you rather have Podolsky's super cooled blood of an assassin, or a second mouth like the aliens in Aliens? I'm trying to. I'm trying very hard to find the connection between the two. And no, all... I thought they were going to be kind of more. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like antonyms, or you know, something where the opposition was more clear. Yeah. Um. What I can't remember what the aliens in Alien used the second mouth for. For Is like, just... yeah, just for like sticking out and looking fierce. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty, so... pretty. Um. Yeah, pretty pretty uh, gruesome-looking things because they're all yeah. dripping with alien acid saliva and all that. So, again, as often with these things, I, there's one th- choice we've been offered that I cannot really see why I would take. I'm not sure why I would want the second mouth. Well, what if you were eating some scampi, right? So you went to the can, chipper and you got, that. Okay. you got some scampi and, and chips. Yeah. But you wanted to enjoy the taste of the scampi and the taste of the chips separately, rather than in one big mush. Well, so actually, in one I mouth, often do do that. Yeah, yeah. In one mouth, you have the scampi, and in the other mouth, you have the chips. So you got to assume that both mouths have a tongue. They've got the taste buds. So that way, you could enjoy two separate things without uh, conflating the the taste of them. Hmm. I, I'm. I know this is pretty uh, stretching. It really isn't it. That I mean, I could just eat the scampi in my one mouth and then eat the chips. Yeah, like a mouthful of scampi, then a mouthful of chips. Mouthful yeah. of scampi. Yeah, you could do that. I don't have to. I mean, and also the ice cool blood. Is that literal? I mean, like, is is my blood actually cold? Am I a reptile? Basically, I don't know. He said super cooled blood of an assassin. Now, I'm not sure that all assassins have super cool blood because, for example, the guy that shot John Lennon outside of his apartment did not have super cool blood because he got caught. He wasn't like some cool guy who took him out from distance. He just walked right up to him and went, and that's the end of John Lennon. That wasn't super cool. That was a bit stupid. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm not sure that we know enough about Podolsky's assassination skills to uh, to make a judgment on that one. I'd still go for the super cool blood, though, I think. Mm. I just think, you know, the second mouth seems to me to present more problems than solutions. Yeah, I understand that. But I would go for the second mouth just okay. because, just to be different. And also, you just never know when you're going to be in space on a massive spaceship and Sigourney Weaver is trying to kill you. And in those situations, a second mouth might well be useful. That's good. Always be prepared. Yeah, because Sigourney Weaver, she's quite the uh, quite the dangerous woman. The marksman. She's yeah. got that Podolsky blood. She does. So, you know, you just, you'd hate to be in that position and think, oh, God, I've got assassin's blood when really I needed a second mouth. It is annoying when that happens. Yeah. So for me, second mouth. There you go. Glad we cleared it up. Yeah. All right. I think um, I think that might do it for this week. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's been it's been lighthearted. It's been a good weekend. Yeah. And yeah, we need an escape, don't we, from our from everything, generally well, speaking, from from watching our team. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, look, we do have Burnley this weekend, so hopefully that will be another uh, another good day out. Uh, another good result and we can look ahead to that on the Arscast on Friday and we can we can discuss it all in depth next Monday on the Arscast Extra I look forward to it alright until then take it easy folks bye bye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.